Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbarnwell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. Well, good morning and a warm welcome to one and all, especially all the sons that are here with us. It's so great to see everybody. I won't mention you all individually by name, but Mark already has done that. But thank you all for uh, gracing us with your presence. It's a wonderful thing when family comes together. Amen. And our strength is our family constitution. Amen. Our strength is our family ethos and the spirit of honor that must prevail within the house. Uh, whilst in, um, in Lilongwe this week, the Lord instructed me to do a series on honor, which I will do, I think, only probably next year, perhaps, at the rate we're going with the, with the current series, you know. And, um, but I saw honor demonstrated there within that context that literally opened my eyes. Uh, honor is a great key of the kingdom, and it's the reason for the success of large groups of churches you don't have to have much but if you have honor you have a whole lot and uh, the dishonor the, the culture of dishonor is the culture of abortion of divine purpose uh, but if you can maintain honor sense of respect for leadership sense of deference sense of of accord sense of high esteem high appreciation value understanding the representation of what the person is. Learn to train yourself to see beyond the flesh of the person, beyond the humanity of the man, to see the divinity of what is represented in his manhood. You, then you've scored big time. And if you just lock into that one principle, it's like a key to every other principle. Amen. But that we will do uh, sometime later. I want to continue focusing on the series on kingdom economics but I want to I deal very thoroughly with the matter of sowing and reaping, okay? The whole idea of sowing and reaping. And we probably will take three or four sessions just on this topic because I want to deal with it, like I say, as thoroughly and as holistically as I can. Because we're dealing with kingdom economics, our focus really would be financial sowing and reaping. But you cannot explore financial sowing and reaping in a vacuum outside of understanding sowing and reaping as a generalized principle rather than scripture. Because then what you would do is see it as a formula to get rich. See it as a formula to have your needs met and not tap into the resident power of the principle um, that's inherent within it and also not fully comprehend the broadness of its application. The, the, the full extremities of its application. So money is a seed. Yes, we know that. And seeds need to be sown for harvests to be reaped. Okay, so whenever we, we think of financial sowing and reaping, what you've heard in the past is, if you sow, you will, you will reap. And that is true. The, the principle is true. But a principle in God misunderstood can be abused. Okay. So we're not advocating greed or covetousness. Please, you, I want to say that on the outer. We're not advocating greed or covetousness. Because if you access the principle with the mindset of being greedy or covetous or being materialistically minded, you will access the principle based from the wrong motivation. I taught you for the past two weeks that love should prompt all giving. Remember? And I want to encourage you, the, those two messages on love as a motivator of giving are, are primary, are key messages with regards to the giving of finances generally. Love must be the sperm. Love must be the motivating factor. Because love does not brag and love does not seek its own. So if I administrate financial giving with the intent of bragging by what I've harvested, for example, or if my sowing and reaping is self-indulgent, self-focused, I'm doing it with self-interest. So I sow into Andy's life, 
because I want to use the principle of sowing and reaping to benefit me. And if my love in giving him what I've given him was not motivated by him as the primary beneficiary, but with me as the primary thought, then I've engaged a good principle, sowing and reaping, but with wrong motivation. And I want to submit to you, the principle can be valid, but when the motivation is wrong, you cancel the power of the principle. The principle can be valid in God, but when the motivation is spurious, misguided, selfish, self-centered, then you've done what is good, but with the wrong attitude or motivation, making then what is good bad, or not being able to work for you. Everybody practices sowing and reaping, even Oprah. Right? You're all getting one. And if you talk to Oprah, she said it of her own, at, uh, by her own admission, that part of the reason why she is so blessed is because of the volumes that she gives. This principle works everywhere. Genesis chapter 8, I think it is, verse 20 or 22. Okay, go to verse 22. While the earth remains, sea time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. This was said after the flood. Once the earth was preserved, so uh, the writer of Genesis says here, so long as there's an earth, listen, so long as there is an earth, there will be patterns, cycles, circles, predictable movements of things in circular fashions like summer and winter, like day and night are almost predictable as to when it would happen. Similarly, the writer here is saying, you can put your money on the block. There will be sea time and there will be, there will be harvest time. There will be sea time. And there will be harvest time. So whether you are saved or unsaved, I prophesy to you that in the next few hours, it will be dark. Do I have to be a man of God to say that? No. I have to understand the cycles of the earth to say that. Right? right? I prophesy that in a few weeks' time, you're going to experience summer. <laughs> we might be in it already. Right? You don't need to be a, a rocket scientist. To, to, to discern that, you need to work out patterns. You need to be a discoverer of cycles, of predictable things that happen while an earth remains. So long as the earth remains, if the earth remains, you will always have a period called sea time, and you will always have a period called harvest time. Now, I want to submit to you that most of what you are experiencing presently is the result of seeds you have sown previously. Your present experience is the result or the manifestation of prior or previous seed. If you want to change your experience for the future then, in your present, adjust your seed. Change your seed. If I say to you, what you are presently experiencing is simply the manifestation or the consequence of seeds that you have sown in your past that have come to harvest now. And if you look at the status of your life and the quality of your life, now you're saying, well, I want to change my future, then I would submit to you, now start to start to change your seed sowing. Now, I'm not only thinking money. Right? I'm not only referencing money. That's why this is all-encompassing. It's all-inclusive. Money is simply a small part of it, which I will talk about probably next week only. Right? Money is simply a, a small part of it. But everything in life is a seed. Every attitude is a seed. Every thought is a seed. Every deed is a seed. Every action is a seed. Every priority is a seed. Your discipline or the lack thereof is a seed. Your lack of observance for, your, your, for time, right? Your poor time management is a seed, right? Everything in life is a seed that one day in a season far removed from the present would be called harvest and it will come to bring about certain results. We are contending right now with results of things we've permitted whereas we should have addressed 
in a previous time season. An unaddressed matter in one time period manifests a harvest in another time period. You see the results thereof, and you want to trim the tree. Some trees you have to uproot because the wrong seed was sown. Don't trim the tree when you have to uproot the tree. Jesus said the axe is at the root. Remember he said that? The axe is at the, the root. So if you want to change the outcome of your life, change the sowing of your life. Now, if, I want to encourage you, if you get a revelation of this principle, you can start to predict your future. Yeah, I guarantee you. Tell someone, start to predict your future. I say that deliberately to you, that I prophesy to you, that in the next few hours, in fact, I say at least eight, nine hours from now, it's going to be very dark. Am I a prophet? No, I've worked out the cycle according to this verse. So I can predict my future based upon my present behavior. If I can access principles in God that are true, then I can start to, by faith, start to install them, enact them, with faith to look forward to the future and say, I predict that based upon my present behavior, my future looks bright. Right? Now, for example, Proverbs speaks heavily against laziness. And the lazy person will not prosper. Right? So if you are lazy, indisciplined, you lack diligence, you don't know what it is to work hard, and you want prosperity, I can prophesy based upon your present behavior, nothing's going to happen. Right? Right? Somebody once said to me when I was planning to run the comrades, oh, I heard you're running the comrades, a teacher, colleague of mine. I said, yes, yes, it's going to happen it's in eight months' time. He was also a runner. He says, but Barnwell, I don't see you at any of the 42s. The 42s are 42-kilometer races. Um, he said, I don't see you. He says, no, no. He says, but so he was confused. He said, you're still running the comrades. What he's saying is, you have high ambitions, but present behavior tell me you have no ambition to complete the comrades. I still try to get away with it by saying I'm training this. This is insufficient. Your present behavior tells me you're not very serious about the comrades. If you're missing every 42-kilometer race that Durban is hosting, I don't see you there, but I'm going to see you on comrades day. That doesn't work. Right? So you can have high ambitions, but present behavior tell me where you are going. I can look at your present behavior, and I can prophesy your future outcome. It's true for life. But particularly in spiritual things, it becomes all the more weightier and all the more important. Okay, all the more weightier and all the more important. So it's very important, excuse me, that we, that we sow accurately. Now, for today, I'm going to read perhaps a lot of scriptures. So I want you to track with me. I'm reading these scriptures to install them into your spirit. I'm reading these scriptures to... Engraft them into your, into your mind. I'm reading these scriptures to paint a landscape of the principle of sowing and reaping. So that later on when I make a statement, you have a framework of understanding that makes what I say later and in future sessions more understandable. Um, Dr. Segi said, and I put it on Facebook this morning, I remember he said, you sow your way out of problems. He said, you sow your way out of problems. And when he said that, by the way, he was not talking finance. He was talking actions, deeds, attitudes, priorities. It's all encompassing. If you're on a vice script now, you can do something about it. Don't just pray. We've prayed enough, but sometimes you have to become the answer to your own prayer by adopting certain behaviors, dispositions, priorities that make your outcome next year and the years following far more um, attractive to you. Right? Happy New Year, we will say at the end of 2017. 2018 is going to be a bumper year, a great year. But I ask, you're looking to 2018 as a harvest. Then you're telling me 2017 has been your sowing. So what have you done? What have you sown to have these great expectations for next year? Right? You cannot enjoy the anticipated or even have a vision or expectation 
as to great things happening next year, when this year you've done very little to put the proper thoughts, actions, deeds in place for God to work on your behalf next year. God is sovereign. And I think miracles happen in two ways, or these two types, even financial miracles. There are those to which God responds because of your cry, your desperation. And in His mercy and grace, He sometimes will break forth and He will come through for you. That's one extreme. The other, I think, is the more important, is where God comes through based upon the, the compliance of your heart by the principles that He has set in place. Okay? So Galatians 6. Let's just go there. I just feel the, the need to go there. Galatians 6, round about verse 6, says the following. Let's just read the context. Verse 5. Each will bear his own load. Verse 6 says, The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. So you who are taught the word should be able to share. The word share is to give, to give, right, or to distribute. To share willingly with the teacher who teaches you the word. That's a principle of honor where you should honor your leaders, especially those that labor in the word, materially and financially. I don't make any bones about that. That's scriptural. I do that personally. We practice this uh, religiously. It's, it's in the Bible, right? If you are taught the word, learn to share good things with he who teaches you the word. But here's the point. The next verse is what I, where I really want to go. Do not be deceived. Now, when the Bible says do not be deceived, it presupposes that there is the propensity to be deceived. It presupposes that there is the proclivity for deception, the ease with which one can be deceived. I want to encourage those of you who love to study the Scriptures, study all the do not be deceived portions of Scripture. Be not deceived. Do not be deceived. A lot of verses start like that. This one says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. So your reaping is in, is in direct proportion to your to your sowing. It's ever whatsoever he sows, that shall he also reap, or this shall he reap. You don't reap differently to what you have sown. You cannot plant apples and anticipate oranges. You can plant apple seeds and fast and pray for oranges. The fasting and praying will not work, but you've, you've accessed a predictable pattern of outcome that not even prayer will break. Some of you are trying to alter states of life by praying and fasting. But you, you've installed the wrong X attitudes that not even prayer can break. You want to change the outcome. Start to change the way you sow. Start to sow the right dispositions, thoughts, attitudes, etc. Yeah. If you sow dishonor, guess what will inevitably come your way? Dishonor. You know what God said to Eli? When Eli refused to rebuke his wayward sons, Hophni and Phinehas, for abusing first fruit offerings at the temple door, right? And they slept with some of the girls there. They were, they were worthless men. The Bible calls them sons of Belial. Okay? They were deplorable. They were, they were wicked sons. He's the high priest. And he, he did not correct the behavior of the sons, right? Did not correct the behavior of the sons. And he chose to honor, by doing that, watch, he chose to honor his sons more than to honor God. So when God comes to correct Eli, this is what God says to Eli. You have honored your sons above me in the way you've not corrected them as I instructed you. So he says now, now there will, oh, there will not be an old man in your house left again. That means the spirit of wisdom, the old, the gray. The spirit of wisdom has departed from you and from your house. And God basically disqualified or his entire priestly ministry as the high priest right there, right then. God said this to him. For they, I love this text. For they that honor me, I will honor them. 
Say it with me. They that honor me, I will honor them. How do you honor the Lord? Honor the Lord with your first fruits. Proverbs 3. With the first fruits of your increase. You also, uh, honor is a big topic. Yes, I want to do it thoroughly. But one of the main ways you honor God is by your acts of obedience, generally to the word. It's an expression of how you think about God. You see, if I say to Andy, Andy, I honor you, what am I saying? In my mind, concerning you, there's a very high estimation in the world of you. If I dishonor someone, it means I disparage against them, I, I, I deem them as contemptible, they have no weight, no worth, no value in my eyes. So when we say, God, I honor you, God says, show me how. It's fine to say that, but show me how. God said this to Eli, you've dishonored me, so them that honor me, I will honor them. So if you want to reap divine honor, watch, everyone say divine honor. Divine honor is how, if, if honor, basic thing of honor, if honor starts with a perception of another in the mind that is born out of a revelation of what they represent. Say this with me. Honor is a perception in the mind of another born out from a revelation of what they represent. So I cannot honor you until I have a revelation of what you represent. Right? Why do I think the world of my Father in Christ? I have a revelation of what He stands for. If I don't have a revelation of what He stands for, I cannot factor into my thinking a good view of Him. Right? So, boom! My spirit breaks open. This is God's representation to me as a Father. He's a man, but He's a spiritual Father, representing the Heavenly Father. When I see Him, I don't see humanity. I don't see anything physical. I see the representation eclipse the humanity. Boom! My spirit explodes. And then in my mind, I, the, you see the revelation in the spirit will educate the mind of the soul as to then how to think concerning the person. Then in my body, it becomes unthinkable for me to behave disrespectfully to him. We want to condition outcome in the body. Yeah? Behavior is in the body. But where do you start? You start with a revelation in the spirit that informs the mind of the soul, the thinking, the view, the opinion, and that in the body, certain commensurate behavior, associative behavior, befitting the revelation in the spirit and the, 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 the education of the mind in the soul will then to begin to enact itself. What we see in the church today, wrong behavior in the body. What do we do? We try to correct the deeds of the body. But where do you start? With the revelation in the, in the spirit. If you don't have a revelation of something, there's no way in your body you can visibly obey it and give expression to it. Right? So I'm saying to you, where does accurate sowing and reaping start? I've just somehow used the principle of honor to illustrate the point. I, might want to, I, want to, I didn't want to teach on honor. We'll do that later on. Okay? But you see, even for you, if you don't fully understand the revelation of sowing and reaping, you will never fully understand its power to change your future. Hmm? You will never fully understand its power to change your life. Its power to change your future. And I want to encourage you. This scripture says, do not be deceived. Let me explain what this verse means. It's very simple. Deception is when you think you are right, but you are wrong. I'm putting simple. I don't want to make it a, too complex, right? Basic simple thing is, you think you're right, but you are wrong. And in your wrongness, which you think is right, and when challenged about that, you think everybody else is wrong. We call that self-deception. Self-deception is one of the most dangerous forms of deception. Right? By the way, what is Satan himself called? The deceiver. Where does all deception have its root? Its genesis is in Satan himself. Like God is a God of truth, Satan is a, is, is a form of deception. Right? He works by deception. What truth is to God, 
deception is to the, the devil. The worst kind is self-deception, where you're self-deceived. Thinking you are right, but you are wholeheartedly wrong. Now, we've all been there, not so? I can test it. We've all been there uh, at some point in our life where we held a view about a particular circumstance, even person. Right? That you, so you were deceived into thinking the wrong thing. Now, this verse says, do not let that deception be your portion in the matter of sowing and reaping. Do not let deception come into this principle of sowing and reaping. Then it says, for whatsoever a man sows, this he will also reap. Now, a lot of times I hear the scripture quoted. I don't hear this statement. God is not mocked. Think about it. The hundreds of times I've heard this scripture quoted in sermons or by believers, I always hear, do not be deceived. Whatever you sow, you will reap. And people miss out the essential. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that or this shall he also reap. You know, when you mock somebody, in the Greek, it's to turn up the nose against. You know, you know if I hate Jules, and we in the, I don't hate you, I just use an example. <laughs> And we, I think nothing of her, holy in contempt. You know, like, I, I can't even do it because that's not me. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. But you know what I'm talking about? It's to turn up the nose, like, you know, I forget the Greek phrase, muxteriza or something. I can't remember now. I started this years ago. I was not supposed to talk about this verse here. I don't know why we're here. But it's literally to hold in contempt, to think as deplorable, to think of the person of lesser or extremely low value. Now, it is unthinkable for a human being to do that to God. That a human can do that to a human in itself is a bad thing. But you take a chance, brother. This is a warning to us all. Sister, you take a chance with that toward God. It's serious trouble. Now, let me just say this. You might not see your leader as a representation of God. And when you do that to your leader, you're doing it to God. But Moses complained to God several times about the people. Right? Even Samuel. Remember Samuel? When Israel wanted a king to be like all other kings. Remember? And he complained about the Lord. They're rejecting me. God says, hey, wake up, call, brew. Not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. But what was God saying to him? When you stand, you stand as me. Right? And Something very similar happened to, to Moses. So, the, the, the rendering in the Greek is this. Right? I'm paraphrasing. Do not think you are right when you are wrong. This phrase, God is mocked, 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 reads like this. God will not permit himself to be mocked. He will not allow it. That's the idea in the Greek. You think you can do something, get away with it? You think you can sow apple, lemons and want orange, sour lemons and, and expect a harvest of sweet oranges? God says, the idea in this verse is, I will not alter the principle to accommodate your lack of observing the principle. God says, if you can pray that in, in December and January, I have the faith it's going to be winter. Come on, who believes you? Come on, let's fast 40 days. Come on. Anybody with me on this one? Come on, hi, church. Where's the faith? Come on. Let's fast and pray that winter starts. No? You, you're with me on this one. You're with me. <laughs> hey? God says, you're trying to alter a predictable pattern that's attendant with the earth's cyclical or the circular movements and cyclical movements in the earth. It's not going to work. Unless there's specific divine purpose attendant with it. Do not be deceived. Please repeat this after me. God does not allow himself to be mocked. You see, with humans, some of them permit you can get away with it. But you try this with God. God says, there are certain consequences here that are almost going to be inevitable. You try this and you're going to have to experience, this, experience the repercussions of your actions. 
So this teaches me to live circumspectly. This teaches me to live rightly before the Lord. This teaches me to, um, to measure my life, to be calculated about every thought, every deed, um, every ambition or priority, everything I, I put. You know, the fear of God hit me in Malawi this week. You know what I'm very scared of? Well, not scared of in a negative psychological way, but I have a fear of the great, not the great white throne judgment, because that's where unbelievers appear. But I have a fear of the judgment seat of Christ. I will teach this next year as well. Two things we're going to focus on a lot next year. The foundational doctrines and honor, at least for the start of the year. I don't know where else we're going to go, unless the Lord changes things. Right? Right? But the judgment seat is different to the great white throne judgment. The judgment seat of Christ is described in the book of Corinthians, where it says, we all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the things done in our bodies while we were in the body on the earth. There will be a judgment of God upon your deeds, and there will be rewards meted out to you, right? And your deeds are described in one of two categories. It's either wood, hay, or stubble, or it's gold, silver, and precious stones. Two categorizations of what you have done while in your body as a son of God on the earth. And let me just say this, what you have done in reference to God's will, in reference to the execution of the purposes of God, you will appear before him where God will say, this is not to judge your soul, please. And how does he judge it? How does he judge it? That his eyes there are described like fire. And eyes represent perception or sight. Do you know God can see through a thing? God can see the motivation of a thing even where humans cannot. You think, oh, hallelujah, Ryan, if you're going to the long way, you're traveling to Malawi, you're preaching the word, well done. But you know, only God knows why I do what I do. Yeah? For me, it's a frightening thing for all of my Facebook friends to like a post. And God stands back and says, if I was a human, I would not have liked that. You can get the applause of men, but everyone say motivation. motivation. So with fire in his eyes, which of those two elements can be burned? Can wood be burned? Can hay be burned? Can stubble be burned? Yeah. Can gold, silver, precious stone be burned? No. It says your works are either wood, hay, or stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stones and it says if he tries test the word is trial test your works with the eyes of his fire your works will be burned up but you yourself will be saved because you've expressed faith in christ jesus as your lord and savior so yes you come into the kingdom you're not going to hell you come into the kingdom you're still with the body of christ in eternity to come but no reward for whatever service you have done on the earth while being a son of god Right? While being a son of God. So in the long way, I often pray this. I get to my hotel room. I say, God, I'm so careful. How Did I do this for your glory? Or did I do this to make a name? Is what, if there's anything of me in this, take it out. Reduce me. But let this be. You see, men of the earth can clap for me now. But one day when I stand before you, how will you appraise this trip? How will you evaluate the sessions? Was I an accurate representation of you? So watch. If I approach holy things callously, thoughtlessly, recklessly, what am I sowing? I'm sowing the wrong seed. God there is saying, don't worry, I'll overlook that. Don't worry, my son, I'll overlook that because you're my son. God says, no, I will not permit myself to be. To be mocked. Whatever you sow in whatever demonstration of an attitude you do it in, ultimately it's going to have a commensurate reward. Right? With the, and the other portions we look at in the series, with the measure you sow, is with the same measure you, is with the same measure that you reap. God does not permit himself to be mocked. For whatever you sow, this you will also reap. Now, I know time is gone, but supposed to start now i'll be another 10 or 15 minutes because i think the lord has spoken about certain matters to you already okay you see your mind's buzzing guys change your future by changing your present behavior 
What in the Bible is regarded as a seed? What? Exactly what? I have several things. Number one, there's, there's natural seed that, that you can find on fruit, for example, in fruit. Certain trees are seed-bearing trees. And what did, why did God install the seed principle into creation? The simple reason was that to sustain itself, to, for perpetuity, for longevity. So in the cycles of time, that species will not become extinct. We know there are certain plant species on the earth right now that are, are, are threatening to become extinct uh, because of modernization, etc., industrialization. But, um, and even plant, plant species both on the, on the earth and in the oceans. Okay? But they have the capacity for reproduction. So God made everything in six days. And he put seed-bearing capacity in plants, and he even put seed-bearing capacity in humans. Through the sexual act, the male sperm is deposited into the female um, egg, as it were. Fusion takes place, uh, conception. A baby will be born in nine months so that the human species can perpetuate. It will never stop. Why doesn't it stop? Everyone say seed principle. If you consistently observe the seed principle, harvest never stops. I would then encourage you, just, I'm just going to speak of principles as they come to my mind. I will then encourage you, practice sowing as often as you can. If the sum total of your giving is only first fruits, tithes, and offerings, and no more, you haven't got the principle yet. You must practice sowing as a lifestyle. I had the best invitation to my toilet at ORT this trip. I mean, this guy took the prize of all the kind invitations I got before. And uh, as I was about to enter toilet, no, 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 my friend. Wait one second. Let me check it out for you first. Is it fine? And he sprayed the whole thing. He sprayed everything. He says, now you can go. Welcome to my office. I already planned I'm going to give him something before, but I gave him much more than I anticipated. What am I doing? I'm practicing sowing every day. Right? You like to observe 21 days of fasting. How about 21 days of giving? You've prayed much. You've fasted much. I'm not discounting that. Do that. But how about practicing giving away something every day? I, I did this when Dr. Segi first challenged us. Remember a few years ago he said this? Dr. Segi said this. How about practicing, instead of your 40-day fast, for the next 40 days, give something away every day. It might not be actual things. It might be your time. It might be your, your advice. But learn to be the, the giver. What did Jesus say? It is more blessed to, to give than to, re, to receive. So watch. If I give... Something away, like the cell phone, okay? Oh, by the way, can I mention this? <laughs> Remember I gave two watches away in the color. Hallelujah. <laughs> to the guys there, Almeida and Costa. And two good watches, the one you bought me, the one on my father's day gift. And then, um, I forget, I think it was it your cousin, somebody's cousin blessed me. Who's, who's Whose cousin was it? Your cousin. Jeremy's cousin, Sheldon, blessed me with this nice police watch. Watch, right? But I gave two watches away. I'm thinking to the Lord, Lord, the seed, the harvest is always greater than the seed. I gave two, only got one. I wasn't thinking, I'm just joking. So, Renee got tons of gifts for her 50th birthday, but um, she got five watches amongst many things. And not just five watches, five watches, brethren. <laughs> so I jokingly said to her, Oh, I sow and you reap. I'm the conqueror, you more than the conqueror. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I'm saying life is circular. Everything comes back. Either now, if it's not now, definitely later. Tell someone, if not now, definitely later. If not, I'm going to tell you. 
change your future by present behavior. If not now, definitely it will come to you later. Right? Learn to be the more blessed one. Okay? So, who can we use? Can we use the two of you? Come stand here. Stand. Okay? And Vanola here. So, you're giving Vanola a gift. Mo love motivates the gift. There's a principle of sowing and reaping, right? Shalene, out of the love she has for God and for her sister, she's going to bless her sister with something. And so she gives. Now, okay, give it, sister. <laughs> Watch, stop there, right there. Both hands are opened. Everyone say, both hands are opened. You see, to give, you've got to have an open hand. But to receive, you've got to have an open hand. So, take the back, take the phone back. Close your fist. You see, you can't even hold the thing. A tight fist speaks of stinginess. You ever heard the term tight-fisted? Yeah, tight-fistedness is a withholding spirit. You can't even administrate giving with the inaccurate hand posture. Because you're already tight-fisted. Okay? So, do it again. And stop when I say, do it slow motion. Like, <laughs> Right, stop there. Both hands are open. The giver's hand is open. The receiver's hand is open. Okay, take it slowly, Fadola. Stop there. The giver's hand is still opened. The giving posture is the preparation for reception. He who gives has prepared himself to receive from the Lord. You, you I can't even hold this mic with a tight fist. The tight-fisted man has not got the ideal posture to, be, to receive anything from God because the quality, the whole disposition of a, of a stingy spirit, it's, it's such a distasteful, it's nauseating to the Lord. But the one who gives has got the ideal posture. Thank you so much. Thank you to our two givers. Call them to give us. Right? Right? Now, say both are blessed. Both are blessed. He who gives his bless, he who receives his bless. But all Jesus said, it is more blessed to, to give than to re, to give than to receive. It's more blessed. It is more blessed to, to give than to, than to receive. So I want to encourage you. Watch. When you, when you give, you are actually, in, please get this thinking into your spirit. I am enacting a seed principle. Say a seed principle. Where do we get that from? Genesis. He made trees. He made fish. Even humans with seed-bearing capacity to perpetuate harvest. After day six, what does he do? He goes into rest. When a new tree grows... Do you think God is at the edge of his throne saying, hey, Holy Ghost, son, father's talking, right? Holy Ghost, son, watch that tree in the bluff there. It's about to die. Let, let's prepare ourselves. We're going to make another one of its kind. Do you think it's like that? No. Everyone say he's in rest. The principle is that he's programmed the earth to sustain itself by the seed principle that allows him to go into rest. You are never in rest until you've imbibed and embodied the seed principle holistically in your life. Do you think I'm anxious about 2018? Never. You know why I am so confident about that? Besides the faithfulness of God? I've done enough sowing this year to have the biblical basis of expectation that next year will be sufficiently blessed. We'll say it again. This might sound uh, uh, but contrary to your theological position. I'll say it again. I have no anxiety for how 2018 will pan out because I've sowed sufficiently enough privately this year to have a biblical foundation and expectation that next year is going to be very well for us. And I look forward to next year to keep on sowing. Perpetual sowing Results in perpetual rest. Okay? So tell someone rest. Learn to rest. 
Learn to rest. Learn to rest. Hallelujah. Learn to rest. There's no rest until you've, you've harnessed the seed principle. No rest until you've harnessed the seed principle. You know, I don't want to go to the rest because if I start the rest now, it's going to be two o'clock stories here. I don't want to keep it that long. I want to say just maybe give you one illustration. For those of you taking notes, I'll prove this to you next week. But what else is a seed? I said seed is many things. What else is a seed? Number one, there's natural seed like I've just explained to you. Number, number two, the, the Word of God is a seed. And I will talk about this probably just for short, in a short uh, while next week. Faith is a seed. Faith is a seed. Christ is a seed. And I'll show you what bearing each of these principles have on finances. The Word is a seed. Faith is a seed. Christ is a seed according to Galatians 3 and verse 6. The kingdom itself is defined as a seed. The kingdom is as a seed, Jesus said. Right? And in what respects we will talk about later. The words of your mouth are a seed. The thoughts of your mind are a seed. Deeds are a seed. And lastly, money is a seed. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul very clearly said, it's seed. Next time you hold money in your hand, what are you going to think? Come on, say seed. Young people, learn to see your seed as, as money. By the way, don't eat all your seed. <laughs> Principle is you don't eat all your seed. You learn to sow some of your seed to guarantee future harvests. Okay? Just one example to encourage you. Genesis chapter 32 I referenced this, I don't know when, in some, some series we did, but just to encourage you uh, with it again. Let me just go to Matthew 23 first. The reason why I'm dealing with the principle of sowing and reaping in a broad way, not just money, because if you only see the money thing, you're going to miss all the other principles relative to the seed principle that should attend your financial sowing and reaping. Right? So, um, Matthew 23, verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe. So the Pharisees tithe, right? But they did so hypocritically. Hypocrite is to play a part, is to act something you're not, not true of you in real life. You tithe, so you are faithful with tithing. You tithe, you tithe mint and dough, cumin. These are herbs, right? So even of the herb plantations, these guys gave 10%. Right? You do all of that, but you have what? You have? You neglect weightier matters or weightier provisions. Now, there are weightier matters than finance, this verse tells me. There are far more important issues spiritually to consider than the issue of finances. And even tithes, verse, fruits, and offerings. When God's ways, things, he says they're far more important matters. But what did Jesus say to these guys? You neglected the way to your provisions of the law, which is justice, mercy, faithfulness. So you neglect being equitous, being just in your dealings with men. You neglect the matter of showing mercy, and you're highly unfaithful in the administration of your function as Pharisees and Sadducees. But, everyone say but. He says these, that's Justice, mercy, faithfulness, these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. The others was the tithe in this context. So he's, what's, what's, what's the principle here is, don't use, and I'll lump all giving together, don't use first fruits, tithe, and offerings as a substitute for your disobedience in other areas. The fact that you're doing the right thing financially, but not observing other weightier, more, more serious things in your life before God, the obedience in one doesn't substitute for the disobedience in the other. He's saying, but don't neglect the other, but don't neglect this also. And I'll prove to you, I'm going to prove this very thoroughly, 
It's been a revelation to my heart the past two weeks. I'll prove this to you. That when you engage the act of financial sowing and reaping from the premise of inculcating all principles of sowing and reaping generally in every other department of your life, the observance in every other department makes the matter of financial sowing and reaping far more powerful. I will show you from the scriptures. You can't be, come to me and say, I've been faithful with my tithe, faithful with first fruits. Here's my offering. And you go out there and you lie to your boss. Or you misrepresent something in the workplace. Or you go out there and you fail to forgive a brother that offended you. Do you think the, fight, the faithfulness financially is going to cover up for all those things out there? Jesus says, no, you Pharisees. Tick, you are tithing. Tick, you are faithful. Or, or faithful in tithing at least. But they are weightier. Everyone say weightier. Come on, tell someone weightier. There are weightier things that you are simply uh, 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 neglecting. And your neglect on the weightier things makes this act of tithing not acceptable before me. Prove this to you from the book of Malachi more specifically. Study the book of Malachi if you have the time. It's the most fantastic book. Most fantastic book. Okay? You can't do one without the other. Say to your neighbor, holistic obedience. You know, when I bring my money or I do an EFT or I, I give someone, it's a powerful feeling now that God, with all my might, I'm striving to be obedient in other areas. Now, this act of obedience flows forth from the basis of obedience in a whole lot of other areas that makes this act powerful. This giving makes it so powerful before you. Genesis 38 verse 27. It came about at the time she was giving birth that, behold, twins were in her womb. Moreover, it took place while she was giving birth. She put one hand, sorry, one put out her hand. So two guys in the womb. So the first guy, the firstborn, sticks his hand out of the womb. It's like he's breaking the tape, not running. Hey, God, I came out first, right? So the hand is out. And then the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand saying, this one came out first. They had to decide which was first to determine the matter of firstborn right. Especially if there's twins involved, right? Who came out first was the firstborn. Son that was heir to his father's estate. Remember the twins Jacob and Esau? What was the prophecy there? Uh, even, even um, said there are two nations. The prophecy, first prophecy was, they are not two boys, they are two nations in you. Right? And the one will serve the, the other. Who will serve the other? It says the older will serve the, the younger. Esau came out first, Jacob second. How did Jacob come out? Jacob came out, his brother Esau came out, but Jacob came out with his hand on his brother's heel. That's how the boys came out of the womb. All of Jacob's life, he would be a, what they call a heel grabber, supplanter. He want, what you got, your firstborn status, I want. I'll even trick you, sell you a bowl of soup to access your birthright. That's Jacob's life, right? Yeah. First guy comes out, yes, us born, don't play, I'm in. Right? So to avoid confusion, they tie a thread around his arm. You came out first. And so, next verse. It came about as he drew back his hand. He says, I'm not coming out now, let me go back in for a few more seconds. Right? He says, he drew back his hand, his brother came out, other guy. And the midwife is looking at all of this, and she says, what a breach. It's like she's talking to the child. The child can answer. He said, what a breach you have made for yourself. So his name was, just go to the King James. Pere should be here. Or the new King James. I like this in the King James because all the, it's, a, it's a question. Everyone, everyone do this. It's like she's asking a question to the child as though this baby can even answer. She says, how have you broken forth? Right? This breach be upon you. Therefore, his name was Perez or yeah, Perez. Go back to in ASB and to verse 30. 
Next verse. Afterwards, his brother came out who had the scarlet thread. So he comes out second, but he got the ribbon here. And his name was? Zerah. Zera. Interestingly, what does Perez mean? Breakthrough. Right? David even named a portion of ground one, uh, one time when the Lord gave him victory over a significant enemy. And he named God, your Lord of the breakthrough. Right? Perez means to break through. Interestingly, Zerah means seed. Everyone say seed. Zerah also means shining light, rising sun, the rising of the light. But the etymology, the core original root meaning of Zerah, apart from light and shining, it means seed. Who is the midwife asking the question to. Come on, talk to me. Who is she talking to? Perez. He came out, she says, Woo! She's totally bewildered. How have you broken out? Perez, how have you broken out? If he could have answered, the baby would have said something like this. It really wasn't me. My breakthrough was because someone who represents seed broke the womb, he opened the door, he paved the way so I can experience my breakthrough. My breakthrough is only as the result because a seed principle went before me. So now I'm coming into my breakthrough. How many of you want breakthrough? Huh? I'm going to live by this principle. It says, for example, he who sows to his flesh shall from his flesh reap corruption, decay. But he who sows to the Spirit, I'll show you how to do that later, shall from the Spirit reap life. Tell someone you can determine your future. You can determine your future based upon your present behavior. I submit to you that next year is going to be a year of great breakthrough. Because of the observance of the, of the seed principle. If I were you, I would not let the sun go down tonight before I sow something somewhere. Sow a packet of chips if you have to. Or just do something. Some of us are doing nothing with what we know. Say, God, I don't have much. Um, but I'll, I'll give, you know, uh, somebody gave me an expensive leather jacket. Richard from Perth. We were at Piazula one year. And we walked into the leather shop without me thinking, without me knowing, he bought the thing and he said, this is for you. Expensive thing. And then we had uh, the guys from Kenya visit, Kenyan company. And he comes down in the middle of winter to South Africa without no jacket. So the jacket fitted him. So we were going out that night to supper. I said, bro, where's your jacket? It's cold. Said, oh, I forgot a jacket. I'm looking through my jackets, and this one is looking at me. I said, no, not you. <laughs> we find something else. But the way Ken, you know, Ken was a sleek dresser. No, Ken, if you don't Ken, this won't do for Ken. But this one will fit him just. And we went out, and then we got back to the home. We were sleeping at our house, and he took it off. He, was chained, oh, I see. he gave me the jacket. I said, no problem, Ken. It's yours. He said, see, this such a, looks like a good jacket. I said, no, I'll take it. You're going to need it for a while. You're here, and then take it back to you. Amen. I have learned to act in the moment. Now I've learned to act in the moment without trying to rationalize too much to contemplate. I'm trying to live the more blessed life. I'm trying to prepare structures for my future breakthroughs. I want to live life now by preparing for my future breakthroughs. Let me just say this. If you are constantly on the receiving end, you haven't learned this principle. If you feel that the world owes me and must be, I must be the primary beneficiary of all their goodness, you have not learned this principle. Listen, we all go through stuff and there's times of need. But I'm, by the Holy Ghost, I charge you as a church, live the more blessed life. As an act of your faith, say, God, I want to be there. I don't want to be only the receiver of things. I'm going to determine in my heart and mind, I'm going to be the greatest giver I know. 
might not be giving great quantities, but the regularity, the consistency, as the Lord speaks, moves my heart, so will I, so will I give. Amen? So will I give. Practice this as a way of life and come into the more blessed position. Stand with me. Everyone say the more blessed position. Come on, say it again. The more blessed position. Come on, lift your hands. To the Lord. Say it again. The more blessed position. Oh God. Come on, say it again. The more blessed position. One more time, say it again. The more blessed position. I want, the reason why I'm repeating this, I just don't want it to be a matter of routine. I'm repeating this over and over and over again. I want this portion. My seeds, my zeras, are going to lead to my breakthroughs. You have no peris unless a zera breaks the womb and goes forth. And you know, zera also means light. It means shining. I submit to you when you embody the seed principle, light will break forth upon your way. No more darkness. No more uncertainty about the future. Do you know, just, just one, one minute, put your hands down. Can you carry on playing? While my parents were alive, they lived with Renee and I for how many years before they both passed away? Five years before they both passed away. It was our dream that they would come and live with us. Because I knew the principle. According to the Bible, if I honor my father and mother, two things are going to happen to me. Bible says it will be well with me all the days of my life and secondly I will have a long life in the earth how many times you heard me say I'm going to live a long time how many times yeah. I keep confessing that do you think I'm just as well wish you see you can have the ideal you can have the ambition but you have to put the structures in place that serve the ambition right and let me just say this to you if you have parents do everything in your power to bless them do everything in your power to honor them. Don't trust the line of dishonor there because you've just violated principle and God says, you trust me for long life, but look what you're doing. Do you think I'm going to allow myself to be mocked? Do not be deceived. I will not permit myself to be mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. How many of us still have parents which are alive? If you're married, I'm speaking also about your in-laws, your mother-in-law or your father-in-law because they're your, your, truly your parents in Christ. I hate the term in-law. This is not my mother-in-law. My mother in grace. Not law, but grace. Hallelujah. And as, as much as lies within Renee's power, we will honor her, treat her with grace, treat her with respect. This is my seed for my long life breakthrough. God has given me the picture, so we take good care of her as often as we can. One of the, let me just say this to you. One of the best, the best places for you to sow finances is to your natural parents. And I challenge you to do that, church. The next week or month, save up some money if you have to. Go to your parents. Never mind spiritual. Listen, a lot of you honor me sufficiently. Don't think about me right now. Think naturally. Go to your biological father. Go to your biological uh, um, mother. Prepare a nice dinner. If you don't have the money to take them out, do something decent at home. Right? Kneel be if I were you, I'll be so desperate. I will kneel before them if I have to. And say, I need your blessing. Bless me, my father. Bless me, my mother. But here's a gift for you. Here's a dinner. Uh, here's a spa treatment. Here's a massage. Huh? Here's a holiday. Hallelujah. Trust God. Tell you never trust God. Let me just say this. The degree of expression of the seed sown in honor will determine the commensurate harvest. Do something great. Sean Fiona, do something great. For your parents on both sides, all of you. Do something great. Tell someone, I'm going to do something great. And great is relevant to what it costs you. you the, other, the opinion of the observer might be small, but for you it was great because of the degree of intensity of your heart. You know what you're doing? It's a seed sown. Every deed is a seed sown. You are saying, with long, I can look from this point on, onwards, I can, I can guarantee you everything will go well with me. 
and I will live a long time on the earth. You know, I wish my father was alive today. I wish my parents were still alive today. Knowing what I know now, I did the best what I, knew, what I could then, having the revelation. But knowing this revelation has so grown within me, I would have gone out of my way to show them how I honor and how I respect them. Amen? Come on, let's pray. So, Father, we receive your grace to be obedient to this principle in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, O oh God, that you have, you have imparted grace to all of us even now to honor by the seeds we sow, not just financially, but in attitudes of our heart, gestures of the hand, the deeds of the body. I ask in Jesus' name, give us the grace to sow accurately. Not just financially, but in every way possible. The way we think, the priority of the life, how we live our lives daily. Every day is a seed for a future time period. For as long as the earth remains, there will always be seed time and harvest time. And God, I thank you that you are actually shortening the gap between the time the seed is sown the time the harvest will be reaped in the name of Jesus we receive your grace come on church receive it we receive your grace we receive your grace and we thank you oh God that you will grace us with the courage and the necessary uh, strength to pursue these parts of obedience I thank you in Jesus name thank you father amen and amen